Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. It is always um, a joy and a privilege for me to be here amongst friends. Um, and, um, and, and I say that um, because I enjoy King of Glory. And what I mean by that, I'm not, not just saying that I enjoy coming here to speak. I enjoy King of Glory. You know, there's, um, um, it's, it's, it's just, um, there's always just this sweet spirit, you know, um, and being in a fellowship where you feel that people love one another, and and there and and there is it's just awesome. So I am so glad to be here. I see so many familiar faces. For those of you all that um, I've I've never um, had the pleasure of meeting until now, and you've never heard me before, um, what people have told you about me um, is a little bit true. A little bit true. I am. Um, I'm grateful for being here. I love Pastor Sam and Pastor Elijah. I mean, they, um, man, we we don't get to spend as much time as and and this happens all the time with us. We see one another, we talk to one another, and we always say we got to get together. <laughs> we we got to get together, and we do this all the time. I mean, we've been doing this for years now. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really his fault, but, because, um, um, <laughs> you know, I'll make time for him, you know, so, um, but, <laughs> but, you know, the, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, all right, all right, all right, I'll stop, I'll stop, I won't put you on, on the spot there like that. I'll tell you what, do me, um, we're going to, um, I want to encourage us today a little bit here. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is no, there is no God form, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And besides me, there is no savior. I have declared and saved. I have, I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed. And, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before, indeed, before the day was, I am he. And there is, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and, and who will reverse it? Thus says the Lord, your, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will, I will send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives. The Chaldeans who, who rejoice in their ships, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel. Your king. I'm gonna stop there for just a second because I want you to understand what 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 God is doing. I want you to understand He is a, 
he is making a statement here, making it very clear to make sure everybody understands he God. He's God. Whatever the situation, he's God. He's always been God. He will always be God. I'm going to refer to it this way, big God. Always. I mean, I mean, lay, lay stake, make sure everybody understood there wasn't anything else that could, that could creep up in somebody's mind. I want everybody to understand God. God. Those other things that you've been messing with who couldn't do, they couldn't do because they're not me. They're not God. This, this is what God was God was establishing, letting, letting us know from a, from a place of confidence that he's God. Now, 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 none of you are doubting God being God, but what I'm saying for us is that sometimes we, 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 come, we come into situations where we face and we stand there and we treat God, and this is how, this is what happened. You, you get a doctor's report or you hear tragic news or, or, or anything happens at this point, and then we're hoping God's God. Ain't none of y'all ever been there? I'm the only one. Seriously? I mean, I mean, we come face to face with a situation that seems impossible. And we're hoping God's God. We're hoping he's God. Instead of being absolutely 100% clear, he's God. I can trust the fact that he's God. I don't need him to prove that he's God. He's just God. He's God. I'm confident in that fact. But didn't that happen? Yeah, but God. But God. But God. See, <laughs> I remember old, old saints in the church I grew up in. And they, we would have time before service. And the deacons would come up and they would lead this time. And we called it testimony service. And people would come up and they would, I give honor to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who, who is the Savior of my soul. I just thank the pastor and all the saints for praying for me. Y'all know when the doctor counted me out, but God. Y'all know, know my son did so-and-so, but God. Y'all Y'all know I've been down in my back, but God. And that's how, that's how services I grew up with, that's how they always started, that somebody would get up and testify, testify of the goodness of God, that God is God. And you know what? But God. <laughs> but God. And I'm going to say this for us. See, it's easy to get caught up in what's going on in the world today. And I'm not saying that we need to, that, that we don't need to know what's going on, but it's easy to get caught up and become not only discouraged, but distracted by it. And you begin to, you begin, you begin to lose confidence 
in society and people in general. I'm, I know this. And I got great Bible scholars in here to, to actually agree with me. We've all read the end of the book. We win. We win. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about this. Think about if you're playing a game, and I'm not saying life is a game, but I want you to think about this. If you're playing a game, and, at the, and you know at the beginning of the game that you win the game, Okay? You win. Great feeling. You're approaching the game. If it's a basketball game, you're going to take shots you wouldn't have normally take. You know? Falling out of bounds, throwing it behind your back. Ah, look at that right there. You know, I mean, you know, but, but your reaction to the game is different when you know you've won. You know you've won. Now, now, now check this out. If your opponent has no idea, has no idea that you know that you win the game, they play differently. But if your opponent knows the end of the book too, that your opponent knows that he lost, they win. It changes your perspective. And here's the thing. Be, and we, we know, we know God is, God, God is glorified. That Jesus Christ is Lord. We know that we win. And so we get to go out and tell other people about Jesus so that they can be on the winning team. And we gathering folk, loving on people, just loving on people so that they get to love on Jesus. So that they can walk out purpose and destiny, all that God has for them. We want them, we want them to be on our team. Because we know we win. Here's the point. If I know I've won, I want you to hear me here. If I know I've already won, but I spend my time being caught up, caught up with my opponent in the throes of life, trying to get him, because he's trying to convince me that I haven't won, although I know I've won. If I'm so caught up right there, here's what happens. I become so distracted that I never go out and enjoy the opportunity to, to tell more people about Jesus, to love on people. I had someone, I had someone in Canada, I was in Canada a few months back, and someone asked me this question, and they said, what do you do? What do you do to, to recharge? You know, what do you do? And... Um, and I'm not saying that what I do isn't easy, but it's not as hard as what most people think because I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, if you catch what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know you know. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like I, I'm, I'm doing what I suppose, I'm supposed to be doing. So, yeah, and, and it's not that I make it look easy. It's just not as hard as what everybody else thinks it is for me. You know, I mean, if I had to go out there and rebuild a motor, I'm in trouble. And whoever caused that is, they're in trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't do it. I mean, especially with YouTube and everything. Now, I can figure it out. You know, but but I'm but for me to do what I'm doing, I I can do it. But people, but well, somebody asked me and said, "What what do you do to recharge?" I said, "Well, there's two things." I said, "One, one is I go up to Abba's house." And I said, "I said, and my deal in Abba's house is this: is um, um, it's the kids, it's the kids, you know." And there are times when I got to go to Abba's house and I got business to do and everything else. And, and I'll tell you, if, they, if somebody took all the video of me sneaking down a hallway so that the kids don't hear me and trying to get into Becky's office real quick and close the door because I got to do business because if they see me, they're going to come run, run, past the woods and jump in my arms. And I got them. I got to throw them up. Touch the ceiling. Shut up. <laughs> And then you throw, then you, then you want to scare them a little bit. You throw them up and you catch them down here. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. You like that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, you do that a few times. You know, but, 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 but I recharge right there. And they said, okay. So what else do you do? I said, man, I love people. I said, I really just like loving on people. And that's really like my thing. I mean, I love people, and I get recharged with that. Now, I say this because of this, because I recognize that life is hard. It is. Stuff come at us. Recognize that. But I'm confident of this, starting with verse 16. says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariots and the horses, the, the, the army and the power shall lie down together and shall not rise. They are, they are, they are, they are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do, do you remember Oh, I'm sorry, do not remember the former things that are considered the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. I want you to understand that here's the point where I am more convinced now in my life than ever before that he will make a way. I want you to hear me. When there wasn't any way, when I couldn't see a way, he will make a way. Think about the children of Israel when they come out of Egypt and they're and they and they got the chariots and the and and and, and, and the armies of, of 
of Egypt and Pharaoh, and they're all behind them, and they come, and they come to the point of the Red Sea. And, they, and they're at a point that well, I want you to understand there's no way. We don't have the weaponry or the skill set to fight them. They're coming with everything, and now we're stuck. And so in their mind, there's no way. And I'm telling you, what, what was impossible in that moment, God made possible. There's always a way. I'm saying this to you because I want, I want you to be encouraged. Some of you all, some of you all may be looking at a situation with your, with your children or your grandchildren. You, you may have heard something from the doctor. You may be struggling in your marriage. I want you to understand there is always a way. You may have been contemplating suicide. There is always a way. I am telling you, he'll make a way. But you got to get to this place to where you're willing to trust his way. You got to be willing to trust his way. I, I experienced something the other day, about a week ago. Me and my wife, um, went to Dover, Delaware. And um, it, was, it, was, it was an experience like no other I had ever experienced. And, and um, how am I going to speak? Is that real? Is that real time? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I feel like the North Koreans are messing with that or something. Moving time for me or something. I don't know. Y'all have to re- read a blog I, I, I was a part of. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm, so I'm going, so we're driving up there, and my, my father, who I've always referred to as my biological father, and his wife are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. I didn't grow up with him or with my father. As a matter of fact, um, for the majority of my life, all, I've kn- all I had known was um, his name, and my mother had an Air Force picture of him. And when I was 18 years old, um, 17 years old, I had thought my life was great, thought I was on top of the world. I had signed a um, a Division One college basketball scholarship. I was saved. Um, I, I thought life was great, you know. And I'm just letting you, for the 17-year-old folk, know y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> just letting y'all just, just make sure y'all just make sure y'all know nothing. Y'all, y'all know nothing. Nothing. I mean, matter of fact, if y'all need to get that and get at to them, y'all need to let them know y'all don't know nothing. Stupid, really, you just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, okay, my fault, my fault, I just, I was just thinking about, <laughs> I was stupid, uh, and so, 
I decided I wanted to meet my father. Actually, I just wanted to talk to him. He needed to hear from me. So I, I go on this search for him, and he had family, member, family members in my town, and so I would go to them and say, hey, you know, how do I get in contact with, uh, with, um, with um, Rod? And nobody would tell me. And then one, one, one evening, um, my telephone rang. I say my telephone. It was my mama's telephone. We just had one telephone in the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, telephone ring, and my mama called me. I go get the telephone. I get on the telephone, and the person on the other end says, you want your daddy's number? Here it is. And just rattles off a number. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold, hold, hold. And they slow down, and they rattle the number off. I write it down. And at that time, you know, the telephone is the telephone is kind of in the in the kitchen area, but you had a, a telephone cord <laughs> that could go across the street, down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could just you could go anywhere with that. You know what I'm saying? So 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 in essence, I had a mobile phone. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so and so I I I I dialed a number and walked down the hall, go into my bedroom, close the door. Dial the number, and so I call. And um, somebody answers the phone. I ask to speak to Rod. They say he's not here. I said, "What time will he be?" He said, "About seven. I said, "Okay, I'll call back." They said, "What's your name?" I said, "Don't worry about it. Click." Hang up, <laughs> Hang up the phone. Seven o'clock come. I show enough call. Boom, call. Somebody else answers the phone. Ask for him. They say, "Okay." They call him to the phone. He comes, gets on the phone. He says, hello. And this is, this is how the conversation happens. Hey, you don't know me, but my name's Michael Woods. You, you knew my mama. Her name was Jeanette McClain. And everybody tells me that you're my daddy. I don't want nothing from you. I just want you, I just want you to know I'm all right. And he says, what, 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 huh? I said, no, nah, I don't want nothing from you. I just want you to know I'm all right. And, and, and he tries to ask me some questions. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I just want you to know I'm all right. And I hang up the phone. I done accomplished it. I'm good now. I'm letting him know I'm all right. And over the, he, he actually um, calls back. That was before you had call ID, so you dial what star, come on, somebody knows star 69. You know what I'm saying? So he calls back. I answer the phone. He said, wait a minute. He said, he said, calm down. He said, tell me your name again. I mean, I told you my name. I go through this whole thing and he's 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 um he tries to carry a little conversation. I don't want to talk to him. Because when I needed a daddy, he wasn't there. And so I didn't want to talk to him. He asked me to, um, he, he asked me some information and gives me his address, asked me if I write a letter and, and let's kind of continue. I wrote his address down. I go to college the next year. And I write this letter and I have this letter that I've written to him. It's, Longest letter I, I had ever written. Still the longest letter I've ever, ever written. It's about a page. Um, <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> 
And, and I write this letter, and I got it addressed, and I got it sitting in my college dorm, sitting there. And my roommate kept saying, man, when you going to mail that letter? I said, man, I'll mail it. Ain't no problem. Mail this letter. You know, because he kept seeing it on my desk. He said, man, who, man, who was that to? He said, man, that's to my daddy. Man. I'll mail it at some point. And, I, and it stayed there for months. I wouldn't mail it. I come in one day, and my letter gone. And he done took it and mailed it. <laughs> now, I want y'all to understand something. Me and, me and Alvin, that was my roommate. Uh, um, I mean, I was, I was so angry at him. But I mailed this letter, and this, and this letter has to do with, you know, it's just me pouring out who I am. And he responds. He shows up at one of my college basketball games. He was playing the Citadel, him and his wife. And I don't know how to respond to that because you got to understand, as good of an athlete as high school athlete and everything that I was and, and everything else, um, my mom never came and watched me ever play. And so he shows up to see me play. And then they decide they're going to invite me to come up. So I decide I'm, I'm going to go up after the season's over, and they pay for a ticket for me to fly up there. So I fly up there. And I remember they, the, the um, airline pilot tells, the, tells everyone to prepare for the landing, and we're flying into Philadelphia. And I remembered at that moment what I was doing. I'm meeting him for the very first time. Actually, it was the second time. But I'm actually going there. I could control that situation I had at the game. Now I'm going there. And this was back, this was back during the times when, you know, when you could go meet your people at the gate. You, you see them get off the plane. You know, you could go meet them there. And I remember I was sweating and coming, and the stewardess comes over. I'm sorry, is that the, the airline person? Uh, Flight attendant, flight attendant, flight attendant. I'm sorry, my, I'm, 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 that's why my wife's here to help me, <laughs> correct me, um, to keep me politically correct. Um, and so, and the flight attendant thought something was wrong, and it was. I was, I was, I was scared. And I said, I'm gonna be okay. And she said, You want something to drink? I said, No, I'm gonna be okay. And I get off the, I get off the airplane, and I, I get off the airplane, and his wife, and is there with. Um, with my two sisters. And the youngest comes running down the jetway and comes, jumps into my arms and said, brother, oh, and she's holding me. She's like eight years old. And I remember his wife says this to him. She says, Rod, you can't deny him. It's like you spit him out. <laughs> Just like that. And so, and so, and so everywhere we went, he, re, he introduced me as his son. And I didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, it, it, it was so much to handle. And I remember even when I came back home and, and my mom asked me, she said, how did it go? And I told my mom, oh, it was, I, mom, I'm glad I grew up the way we grew up. You know, because I didn't know how to respond to her. I felt bad about being there and everything. And I was just confused because I, and I want you to hear this piece. Of it. And so over the course of 
of time because I, I had told him that I'm, and I, and, and y'all got to understand, I've, um, I haven't always been this loving person that I am here standing before you today. Um, and so I, I had told him this on several occasions. One, my wife was there, and our youngest son was, was actually born, and they came down to see him. And I had told him, I'm not interested in, in having a father. I said, I'm not interested in that. I said, at the most, we could be friends, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have time to be your friend. That's what I told him. I wanted him to leave. I want you to hear me. I needed him to leave. But his wife, Regina, phenomenal woman, continued relationship. Made sure she didn't miss a birthday for the kids, didn't do any of those things. And so now here we are driving to Dover, Delaware. And because holidays are always hard for me. They always have been. And Father's Day, until I had my own kids, was tough. Was tough. And it's still tough for me because I don't know, I still don't know what to call him. I don't know if he Rod or do I call him Dad? I don't know what. So here I am. I'm, we're, we're driving to Delaware. And my, wife's, my wife looks over and she sees the concern on my face. And she said, are you okay? I said, yeah. I just got this feeling. I'm just trying to reconcile it. Not really sure kind of what's going on. We get up there, and my siblings, and, and they got this huge 50th wedding anniversary, but the reality had hit me going up. See, he, him and my mom had been high school sweethearts um, and my, and since they were 14. And he was um, two years older than my mom, so he, he and his brother signed up to go to the Air Force because they were doing the draft. And so they decided that they're going to sign up and go into the Air Force. And they both make careers out of it. And he comes home. He comes home um, after basic training or something. He comes home and was home. And him and, my, him and my mom get together, and I'm conceived. Then he goes to Vietnam and does a tour. Six months later, he shows back up. And when he shows back up, he shows back up with his fiance. And my mom's crushed. My mom actually went and tried to have an abortion. And if it would have been today, I wouldn't be standing here. And when, and she, um, and it caused her phenomenal pain because here she is pregnant with an engagement ring that he had gave her before they left. And he comes back with somebody that his parents approved of, and they're getting married. But it hits me going up. that I'm going up to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary that they got married literally, literally two weeks before I was born. And it just hit me on what my mom could have been thinking and feeling. And so I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure how I feel 
going up. And I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this because I, I want you to hear me. And I'm going up and, and, and the, the Michael W. Smith song starts playing in Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I know I can't sing, but I, I appreciate that. Uh, and, and, and it's just going. Because God was doing something in me. And I didn't understand what it was, but I'm, 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 I'm worshiping that under my breath. I'm just hearing that. I'm just worshiping this. So we get up there, and we get there. And there's a few things we do with the family, but that night is kind of an awkward thing. It's just awkward, y'all. I don't, want, I don't know how to say it any other way. I just needed that day to be done. I needed it to be done. We show up, and there's hundreds of people. And she wants the family to come in. Now, Regina, his wife, is a phenomenal lady that has um, very late stage severe um, MS and she is in a in a motorized um, car but she's kind of folded over but she is phenomenal and she would drive from Delaware to go by herself in her modified car to go to my youngest son's games she just does I'll see you at the game boom she's gone just go off across the country. Phenomenal. Just, I mean, really, I mean, you love her. And so we're lined up as a family to walk in. And they, they want us to be, be there. Because I'm kind of awkward. I don't know where I fit everything else. I'm just, just kind of awkward. And we go into this. And they, they walk, walk us in in front of everybody. And... Um, announce who we are, everything. All of this happens there. And God does something in me. God does something in me. And I want y'all to hear this. All of my life up until this moment, I had decided that I didn't need something. That there was nothing that they could ever give me that I needed. Y'all don't hear me. Part of the motivation of my life, that call initially to him was for him to know that I'm all right. I ain't need you. I got here without you. The time when he came and sat in, sat in our apartment and I told him, I don't need a daddy. At the most, we could be friends, and I don't have time to be your friend. All of that time in my life, growing up, saying, I may not know, I may not know what to do to be a good father, but I know what not to do. All of this up until this point has brought me to this place, and I'm sitting there because I'm in this awkward place that I don't want to be. And God opens my heart and gives me a gift because I had said, there is no way. Yo, <laughs> how can I say this? 
You could have asked me, Mike, can you walk on water? Yep, there's a way. God can make a way for that. But there was no way in the world that I ever was going to believe that God was actually going to give me something that I didn't even believe I needed. I had formed my entire life to the point to where I had gotten to a place to where I had become the man of God that I am without it. So why would I need it? Why would I need to, how would I need that feeling of being somebody's son? I'm my father's son. That's enough for me. Why would I need that feeling to hear somebody refer to me as, that's my son? I didn't even know I needed it. I want you to hear me. I had used, by not having it, I had used it as motivation. And God loves me so much that he was willing to give me something that I didn't believe I needed and mess me up. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, I was messed up. I was messed up because, and, 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 and you know, I'm, I, can, I can be messed up and still look cool. Because only body that knew that I was really messed up was her. <laughs> because I'm up there in the midst of a whole lot of people who don't know me. I don't know them. But I get something even from Regina that I never got from my mom because me and my mom never bonded because I was the object of pain for her and of shame. Her growing up, the daughter of a preacher, now pregnant and did have this baby being talked about in the 60s. I appreciate knowing, knowing her scorn and her pain, and, 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 and I appreciate all of that, that point, but we never bonded. I don't have a memory of, of me and my mom ever hugging. I don't have that memory. I don't have that memory of, of, of unconditional love. I don't have that. Now, I'm not saying this to vilify my mom. I mean, I love her. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is, that, is that for me, I had come to the point to where I am where I am without that. Not knowing that I needed something. Never believing I would ever get it. There was no way. There was no way. And I felt like that. There were times where I've always felt in relation to my brothers and sisters, and they've always, my, 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 my two sisters are phenomenal. They, 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 they really are towards me. Um, I'm, I'm still big brother, but, you know, and, but even that was awkward. 
Because whenever they would bring up mom and dad, I don't know how to respond to who mom and dad is. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to be talking to them about Rod and Regina, and they're calling them mom and dad. And so I get to this place with them, and I want you to hear me. I get to this place, here I am, and for the first time in my life, I felt like I was somebody's son. It's even hard to say it. Because I had never felt that. I didn't even know what it felt like. I've been people's play sons before. You know? I've had coaches that's treated me like, like I'm their son. They're my coach. But I had this realness. And God did for me what I had deemed to be impossible, he made possible. What I had deemed in my mind, not even ever, ever thinking, I had, I had, I had relegated myself to believe there's no way. And I'm telling you, there's always a way. There's always a way. Even to the point, I will tell you this today. I am a better man today because God allowed me to experience that. God gave me something that I will now treasure for the remainder of my life, but I never even understood that I needed. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.